Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Hi friends, welcome back to the English Vocabulary Help Podcast. My name's Kayla, I'm an American English teacher, and in today's episode of the podcast, I'll be teaching you 20 idioms that are necessary to know if you're going to be working with American English speakers. All of the idioms on today's list are super popular and super common, so you'll definitely hear American speakers say them, and hopefully you can add them to your own vocabulary so you can use them correctly as well. Today's sponsor of the English Vocabulary Help Podcast is Grammarly. I love Grammarly. I personally use it, even if they're not sponsoring the podcast, because it's a free tool to help you edit your papers, to help edit your emails, and it gives you really great suggestions about your grammar and your vocabulary as well. You can download Grammarly for free using the link in this podcast, and it will help support the podcast as well if you download it. And again, it's totally free. You don't even need to enter in your credit card, or you can always upgrade to a pro Grammarly plan, which would be amazing as an English learner because it will give you some really great suggestions of how to improve your writing, or you can just use it for free like I do as well. Check out Grammarly using that link in the description of today's podcast, and I definitely recommend it to you as an English learner who wants to improve their writing. Now that we've got that out of the way, I want to make sure that you guys subscribe to the podcast, and if you're listening on Spotify, which I know many of you do, you can now give a rating to your favorite podcasts on Spotify. So if you guys would be so kind to rate me five stars, that would be really helpful. It will help other English learners discover this podcast as well. So if you found it helpful, make sure to rate it five stars. Let's get going with today's lesson and let's study those 20 idioms that you need to know in the American workplace. You'll hear Americans say, let's get you up to speed. This idiom, up to speed, it means that they will give you information that will help you be with the rest of the company or the rest of the team that you're working with. So if you are in sales, maybe they'll educate you on a product, or if you work more with technology, they'll let you know what they've been working on and the progress that they made. They'll get you up to speed. This is the natural way to say that they'll teach you what you need to know. This next phrase is really used in American corporations. They'll say that they have something in the pipeline. If they have something in the pipeline, it means that they have something that's going to come up soon. So if there is a project that's in the pipeline, it means it's not finished or complete yet, but it's, it's getting there. It's being worked on as we speak right now. So instead of saying that we have something coming up, or we have something that we're working on, American speakers will say, we have something in the pipeline. And I like to think of this phrase like an oil pipeline, like it's moving along. This phrase is used in quite the opposite way. If we're going to stop something or quit something in the workplace, we'll say we're going to pull the plug on it. So instead of saying we are going to stop the project, maybe there's a project in your company that's losing a lot of money, 
we'll just say we're going to pull the plug on that. It's quite a harsh phrase to say you're going to pull the plug on something. It literally means you're going to stop giving it power. So if you hear an American say that we're going to pull the plug on something, it means we're going to stop it, we're going to quit it, we're going to stop putting energy into it. I always like to say that when you are at a new job, you feel kind of nervous at first. You really feel like you don't know exactly what you're doing. But after a while, you will get the hang of it. This idiom is the most common way that I hear speakers say that you will get the skills needed to be good at something. So maybe speaking English at first was difficult for you, but you're really getting the hang of it. This just means that you're getting the skills developed. You're getting good at something. When I hear Americans in the workplace say that they have described something enough and they think that you understand it because they've been talking about it for long enough, they'll just say, and you get the picture. So if you tell someone that they get the picture, it means they understand it enough. I'm not going to talk about it anymore because you get the picture. This is probably used more often on the phone than it is face-to-face -face because on the phone, oftentimes you want to be brief. You don't want to have a big, long conversation. So you'll describe something just enough for someone to get the picture. This is a useful phrase to know because it's kind of confusing to English learners. The phrase is brownie points. So if you get brownie points for something, it means you did something good and you're not going to get a real reward for it or you're not going to get more money, a raise in your salary for it, people will just think that you did good. You'll get brownie points for it. So maybe you're very early on a deadline. You did a task for work very quickly, quicker than what was expected of you, and your boss says, great job. You can say, yep, I got brownie points for that one. This just means that you got kudos, or you got your boss, him or her, to say, good job, but you're not getting anything official for the good thing that you did. It's just brownie points. So when we say brownie points, it's an unofficial award for you. When you're working, do you stop right at the time that you are required to work to or do you burn the midnight oil? This phrase, to burn the midnight oil, it means that you work so late, it's like you have to burn extra oil to keep the lights on. Obviously, we don't literally burn oil in our homes or in our workplaces to keep lights on, but this is an old phrase that's used commonly to say that someone works very late. Or if you've been working very late recently, you can say, I've really been burning the midnight oil lately. This just means I've been putting in extra hours at work. This next phrase can be said in two ways to mean two different things. You can tell someone that they are on the hook for something. This means that they are accountable to do it. Or if they make a mistake, let's say they send the wrong number in an email, you can say you're on the hook for that mistake. Or if you want to tell someone that they are not accountable or they are not in charge of that mistake, you can say you're off the hook for that one. That kind of means that you forgive them and that you're not too bothered by their mistake. You're not going to hold it against them. You're not going to tell them that their mistake was really bad. You can say that you're off the hook for that one. This next phrase can be used for bargaining or it can just be in general if you're trying to compromise with someone. 
So if you are bargaining with someone, let's say they offer you $100 and you want them to pay $200, you can say, can you meet me halfway at $150? If you are working with a coworker, you could say, hey, could you meet me halfway on this one and help me out with it? So it's like, I'm going to help you, but I need you to do a little bit of work. If you tell someone that you need them to meet you halfway, it's like you need them to give you a little bit of something so that you can return a favor or you can you know, give them a deal on a product or whatever you're selling to them. This phrase, meet halfway, is just like compromising. If someone gives you a really bad deal, so maybe they give you a terrible price or a terrible product and they talked about it like you were getting a good deal or a very good product, you can use this phrase, be careful with it, because it could be a tad bit insulting to say that they gave you something bad. You can say that you were sold a bill of goods. This actually sounds like it wouldn't be a bad thing, but it literally means that you were given crap. So you never want to sell someone a bill of goods and you never want to be sold a bill of goods. That means that you got a bad deal or a bad product. If you want to ask someone to be in their schedule and you know they don't have a lot of time, you just need a short meeting, you can ask them to pencil you in. This means if you have a short amount of time, it's like you're writing, you know, your meeting on their calendar very small. You're asking them to pencil you in. This is not a literal phrase, it's figurative. So that just means that can you squeeze in a short meeting in your busy schedule? And oftentimes if we say, can you pencil me in? You're asking very last minute. You're asking very late for a meeting. You didn't schedule it in advance, so you need them to pencil you in. If you need someone to do some math and you need them to figure out the price of something or you need them to figure out how much money is owed and there's lots of different things that are involved in the calculation, Americans will say that they need to crunch the numbers. So you can say, how much is that going to cost? And the person will say, well, I really need to crunch the numbers. Then I can come up with a price. So to crunch numbers means to add, subtract, multiply, divide, whatever the calculation requires. And it's used a lot in math too, informally, to say, let's figure out the equation. Let's crunch the numbers. This next phrase is super common to see when you are applying for a job. Oftentimes they'll be asking for self-starters. If you describe yourself as a self-starter, this is the same as saying a self-motivator. You don't need a lot of help to figure out how to do a job. If you say, I'm, I'm really a self-starter, it means I'm really motivated. I don't need somebody to help me all day. I can figure out what I need to do and I'll do it successfully. So if you're in a job interview, definitely describe yourself as a self-starter because it's a very positive attribute. Here's another idiom that's really frequently used in business. The phrase is to move the goalposts. So this is definitely a sports idiom. It's like in football, there are two goalposts or also in soccer, there are two goalposts and the ball must go through them to score. So in this idiom, whatever the requirement is in business, let's say you have a sales goal. If you reach that goal and then someone says, actually, I need you to sell more to be successful. You can say, you're really moving the goalposts on me. It's like 
they moved the goal so you didn't actually score. You can describe someone or something as a cash cow if it makes you a lot of money. And I would say this is not really a rude phrase, although typically you don't want to call someone a cow in English because it means you're calling them fat usually. But if you say something is a cash cow, like this product I'm selling is really a cash cow, it just means it's made you a lot of money. Or my top salesperson at the company is a cash cow. It means they made a lot of money for you. If you want to ask if information is the latest information, you'll definitely want to say, is this up to date? Does it have all the information for every day leading up to today? So don't say, is this the latest information? Try to say, is this up to date? If you are in a meeting, informally people will just say, do you want to take five? This just means, do you want to take a short break? People will not often say, do you want to take a five minute break? They'll say, do you want to take five? And there's even a candy bar named take five. And this just refers to taking a nice little five minute break. Instead of saying that you need to find some business, you need to find some customers, or you need to find some sales, you'll hear American English speakers say, let's drum up some business let's drum up some customers, or let's drum up some sales. This phrase, to drum up, it means to find. If you're drumming up something, you're, you're bringing it up and you're finding it. It's a very strange phrase to use, but it just means that you have to go look for something. And it's used quite commonly. The most natural idiom to use to say that you need to ask someone that's very knowledgeable some questions is to say that you need to pick their brain. This is a funny phrase, and I know that other languages have phrases just like this one that are very strange, but they just mean to ask someone who's very knowledgeable on a subject some questions. So oftentimes, students that are studying English will say, hey, can I pick your brain about this phrase? And I'll say, yeah, what do you need help with? Ask me questions. Finally, when you are reaching the end of a workday or the end of a meeting and someone wants to say that we don't have much time left, that's kind of a mouthful. So usually people will just say, we are running short on time. And if we're not short on time, if we have enough time, you can say, we are okay on time. So people either say we're short on time, which means we don't have enough of it, we're running short, or they can say, we are okay on time, or we're good on time. This means that we have more than enough time or just enough time to get done what we need to get done in the workday or the meeting.